to Best of Friends. I will drive down there to beat you. We were very cool in high school. Who think they know football. I just went on a really long tangent there about Brett Favre. I have to pay more attention to the Lions this year. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. OurLions.com, Pro Fantasy Football, Pro Football Reference, ESPN. Because here, it's real football by real fans. We are diehard football fans that just want to talk football. The 2M Football Show starts now. Hello, everybody. It's another episode of the 2M Football Show with your favorite people, Matt. And that's the end of the list of favorite people. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that one. And Mike here too. And uh, right off the bat, right off the bat, yeah, excited to be here once again in the virtual recording studio. And uh, right off the bat, just want to uh, throw out a quick apology out there that we didn't have an episode last week. Uh, as you might hear, I'm still recovering somewhat. Uh, family and I got a non-COVID illness and we we're also uh, displaced from our house for a little bit for other reasons that I won't get into. <laughs> so we didn't record, uh, okay. couldn't find time to record. It's hard enough to find a time to record as it is. But uh, there were some special circumstances last week too. But that being said, I missed you, Matt. Missed you all out there in the, na- in the 2M Nation. Oh, uh, you missed me? I don't care about I mean, the fans. I mean, we were, we, were, we were texting constantly regardless. But yeah, <laughs> this is the only time we actually talk, so... <laughs> It's an important. It's an important part of my personal uh, grieving process every week as I try to get over the fantasy results from the prior. <laughs> so I didn't get that little uh, therapeutic, that little therapy session that I usually have for myself every week. But now, actually, going back two weeks ago when we did have the show, there was something that I totally forgot to put in the notes and didn't even realize until I published that episode was that we had a very important milestone. It's a boy. It was our 50th episode. No you way. believe that? Yeah. That's half of 100. Yeah, and it's, uh, hold on, a quarter of 200. <laughs> well, we're doing math now. All right. Awesome. <laughs> congratulations, dude. Yeah. Congrats to you, too. I feel like that's a big one. It's a big milestone. 50, 50 times we've gotten together to do this. Oh, my God. That's insane. Yep. Here's to 50 more. I'm That's sorry, right. Thanks. Thanks for all the support along the way. And yeah, here's to 50 more, as you said. Well said. Let's, uh, let's get into episode 51 then. <laughs> We're going to completely uh, right. skip. I had some remnants, some of the biggest stuff from week two, but that's now feels like six months ago. So we're going to skip all that. <laughs> Briefly recap week three, since this will be airing on uh, Thursday, September 30th. Of course, the first uh, day of week four. So, uh, yeah, we'll be a little bit lighter on the week three recap, RIP, all these notes that I took, and a little bit heavier on the week four preview content. And then we have some very exciting stuff going on in the fantasy corner this week. Oh, my. (laughs) Namely, our first friendly wager of the season, and we'll give you more details on that in just a little bit. But first, there's another wild week in the NFL in week three. And let's start, as we always do, with some of the biggest upsets of the week. What would you, if you had to pick from this list, what would your top upset be? I got to say, the one that I have second in the list right now for somewhat arbitrarily, I think the Chargers beating the Chiefs was probably the biggest upset. 
And I the, would have to agree with you. I was trying to think of a different one, but uh, none of these other ones jump out at me nearly as much as that. Right. And the, the Vegas point spread bears that out. The Chiefs were seven-point favorites at home. Chargers came in, and they played amazing, amazing football. They were actually in the lead most of this game, thanks in large part to their defense. They held a little bit uh, leak, uh, but in the, the rushing defense, but they held Mahomes in check. They limited the damage done by Tariq Hill, and just a really impressive display by them. But at the same time, on the other side of the ball, this, this uh, Justin Herbert to Mike Williams connection is a real thing. He had... Uh, I should know this number exactly because, of course, I was against him in fantasy. Damn you, Alex. <laughs> he had something like over 100 yards, two touchdowns, a two-point conversion, I think, too. It was just crazy. Just a huge game for Mike Williams. He was the Chargers offense. Yeah, it's finally happening for him. The fifth-year breakout, the route of uh, Devontae Parker down in, in Miami. There you go. But, uh, yeah, it was a – it was a great game back and forth. The Chiefs did make a comeback in the second half, and I got to hand it to uh, Brandon Staley, the Chargers rookie head coach, first year in that role. He's been a coordinator, defensive coordinator prior. He made some some gutsy decisions, I think, late in the game. They were tied 24-24, less than two minutes left. Chargers had the ball. I think they were already in field goal range. Usually in that situation, you'll see teams – just run the ball to run down as much clock as they can and kick a field goal. Well, that's not what they elected to do. They actually went for the touchdown and they actually got it oh. to go up 30 to 24, uh, which I love it. I love that they were still thinking that aggressively because that's what you have to do to beat these guys, to beat like a Mahomes or a Rogers Brady type. You I don't even be able know to if make... it's just a matter of beating them. I think it's a matter of being like, we can't give up our fourth quarter wolves again. Right. Actually, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. this being the Chargers, that was extra pressure. <laughs> so they get the touchdown. That being said, it almost backfired on them, though, because first of all, they missed the extra point. No! So it was only a six-point lead. They're up 30 to 24, and they also left something like 30 seconds on the clock, which uh, with someone like Mahomes on the other side, that could have easily been too much time, and that's exactly what happened to uh, San Francisco. Spoiler alert. But no, the defense, the defense came through one more time and the Chargers got the win in very, very impressive fashion. And the, the Chiefs now at one and two, two straight losses are fourth place in the AFC West right now, which is just I crazy. I wrap my head around that. <laughs> A couple other upsets will just hit quickly. The Saints beat the Patriots. Um, is that an upset? I don't think that's an upset. Technically, yes. So the thing, the biggest upset here is that Jameis Winston did not turn the ball over against Bill <laughs> Belichick. All his prowess as a defensive mastermind, he couldn't get a turnover off of Jameis Winston of all people. And uh, but maybe I'm just bitter because I had the Patriots in uh, fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Could I stop laughing? Anyway, uh, a couple other ones here. The Bengals beat the Steelers. This one was just. I mean, you got to be hitting the panic button if you're a Steelers fan right now. Uh, but it didn't help that they had some injuries coming into this one. T.J. Watt with a groin injury didn't play on that defense. Uh, Deontay Johnson, one of their starting receivers, was out with a knee injury. Juju Smith-Schuster left the game in the middle of the game with a rib injury. So they were missing a lot of pieces. Uh, and, it was, and it really showed 
in terms of the offensive production. Just under three yards per carry on the ground. Roethlisberger threw two picks. He managed 318 yards, but on something like 58 attempts, which is insane. And I saw this stat. It's funny. 58 attempts. I think 19 of those went to the running back. So he was just dumping it off constantly, which I guess you can sort of understand given they were down two of their top receivers. I think it's just showing that Ben's arm is done. That's what I wonder. Yeah. And he's been – I mean, if you look at all the injuries he's had compared to other quarterbacks of his age group, Brady, Rodgers, and the like. Yeah, he's, he's always been a guy. suffered a ton of injuries. Mm-hmm. He's, he's always been a guy that took a beating back there, and he's, he's so big and, and tough that he could, his body could take it for a while. Uh, but going back to, you know, he had the elbow injury two years ago. Last year, started pretty hot, actually. I mean, the whole team did, right? They were 11-0, and and since then – Everything's falling apart. And the Steelers are sitting at one and two at the bottom of their division. And I, I'm, I mean, between the Steelers and the Chiefs, I'm way more concerned about Pittsburgh. <laughs> right. Chiefs will be fine. Especially in the division that's got the top three teams sitting at two and one. And two of those teams are red hot. One's marred by injuries, but hanging in there. Yeah. And getting a few pieces back if you're, uh, if you're referencing the Ravens. But a couple other big upsets here. The Vikings beat the Seahawks 30-17, to 17, which I think the most impressive. So the Seahawks are actually favored on the road. Vikings playing without Dalvin Cook, their star running back here. But Alexander Madison filled in just fine. It really, honestly, took the name off the back of the jersey. I, you probably could have convinced me it was Cook out there. <laughs> he looked really good. Kirk Cousins has been on fire to start the season. But I'm most impressed, uh, yeah. by, the, I'm most impressed by the Vikings defense shutting down uh, Russ and the and the Seattle offense. I think they were, I think they did pitch a shutout in the second half of this game. So good for Minnesota. Nice baseball reference. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and lastly, and I'll let you talk more about this game. Your Falcons got in the win column with the road victory over the New York Football Giants, who were I favored them at home. Too. You did. I I'm impressed by that. I did not. <laughs> so. I'll uh, just segue that right into our playoff sleepers. Matt, yeah, do you have uh, any more? Uh, do you have any notes on this game? Uh, I am pulling up the stats as we speak. Um, I mean, Matt Ryan was 27 to 32 for 243 yards and two touchdowns. Ironically, the touchdowns did not go to our, you know, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts guys, but rather Olamide Zacharias Zacchias. Good luck with that one. And Lee Smith, who I have no clue who that is. Um, Same. However, ironically, who led the uh, who led the Falcons in receiving yards? It wasn't Cordero Patterson, was it? It was. <laughs> uh, Mike I, Davis. I find that I find that so funny. It's amazing. Um, I wouldn't have predicted it. He had 50, 82 yards on six catches which is incredible. Uh, the ground game, fifty carry, or 12 carries for 50 yards with an average of 4.2 for Mike Davis. Um, 2.9 carry, uh, 2.9 average for Cadell Patterson. So the offense is clicking. The defense still has me concerned. They give up 14 points to a very shaky Giants offense. Um, right, and it all came down to lost. a last-second field goal. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a close game. And like you said, the Giants, I think, were down their top two receivers. Uh, Saquon's back and looking more and more like himself every week. But still, like you said, it's a Giants offensive line is, is really bad. Their receiving core is banged up. Uh, Daniel Jones kind of hit or miss. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I'll, at, the, at the end of the day, they got the win. They got the win on the road. It's impressive. However you, um, have, however you have to do it. But speaking of impressive wins – Oh, my God. I think I may have the sleeper pick of the ages because I was made fun of by so many people for picking this team, including myself. I made fun of myself. <laughs> uh, the Raiders went into overtime for the third time. Second time. Or, or for the second time of the three games. Yeah. And won it again. Um, wow. And they had to overcome a lot because I was watching this game closely as someone who has Derek Carr in fantasy. Uh, and right out of the gate, they threw a pick six, I think on their first drive. And then on their next drive out, they, they failed a fourth down conversion attempt like, in yeah, their own territory was, that set up a touchdown. Where it's like, what the hell are they thinking? And, oh, this is going to end terribly. Right. So like um, five minutes in, they're down 14 zip. And you're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but they overcame it. But what makes me highly concerned is the fact that the Raiders defense allowed Jacoby Brissett with – no timeouts at under 30 seconds left to go ahead and tie it up. Um, right. Running this, like, cover two and leaving the middle of the field open. Like, it's just Mike Gusecki had, like, three massive catches in that fourth quarter, like, two-minute drive. I don't know, one-minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that led to the field goal that put him in the OT. Um, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. And um, – the Raiders are scrappy. And they're undefeated. Of, yeah, they're 3-0, and tied with the Broncos for a top third division. How about that? I think the Raiders are going to be a fun team to watch all year, given – I think they're going to be in a lot of close games, probably a lot of shootouts, given, like you said, the shakiness of the defense combined with how good the offense is looking. And I don't know. Uh, I feel like, I feel like um, Josh Jacobs isn't running nearly as effectively as he was last year which is forcing them to put the, the ball in Derek Carr's hand. But, um, right, and their offensive line got, got kind of blown up this offseason. So, but, yeah, they're finding a way. And like you said, two out of three games have gone to overtime, which is wild. I feel like we've had a ton of overtime games already in general this season. I think there's been at least one every week. I guess two out of the three weeks it's been the Raiders. <laughs> right. So, nice week for you, your sleepers. Went two and zero. Oh. They uh, for did. Me, for me, the Broncos had another uh, pretty easy win here against the Jets, who they shut out <laughs> twenty six to nothing. Was the final? Oh Crazy. Really, really don't have too many notes here. And that was despite losing um, Bradley Chubb, half of their pass rushing duo. Uh, actually, in week two, he's I think he's out six to eight weeks. So they didn't have him, but the defense still was just fine against against the hapless Jets. Poor Zach Wilson, starting to feel bad for him. He is having a rough start. I have so start. much hope for him as, as we drafted him in our dynasty. Right. I think, uh, yeah, I feel yeah, I feel dumb about that pick. We, we drafted him over, like, I mean, I'm sure Lawrence was gone, but we could have. Lawrence was gone, but I think Mac Jones was there. I'm sure Trey Lawrence yeah. may have been there. Tra- yeah, tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, all the rookies are struggling. Uh Lawrence hasn't looked great. 
Fields had a debacle. Ooh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and and Zach Wilson too. He's he threw that four interception game against the Patriots a couple of weeks ago. I think he had two more picks here. Uh, but on the Denver I'm still side, not I think, apologizing about cutting Jameis Winston. I'm sorry. No, I'm I'm with you. Even when he's good, he's not very good. <laughs> but yeah, for the Broncos, the biggest concern here is the injuries that are piling up. They're uh, they lost another component of their passing game in KJ Hamler, their receiver who tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Uh, second year player Jerry Judy is still out for a while on defense now they lost Chubb like I said they lost uh, Ronald Darby for a few more weeks their cornerback they acquired in the offseason so it's been it's been tough from that aspect and their schedule is about to get a little bit tougher which we'll talk about in a second but for now they're 3-0 and they share the division lead with uh, your Raiders damn right they're my Raiders things didn't go quite as well for my other sleeper team, the 49ers, they played the Packers right. on Sunday night football. And uh, yeah, it was a really great game. They, they only lost by two, 30 to 28. It was by far their toughest game so far. Prior to this game, they had beaten the Lions and the Eagles. So Packers definitely a step up in competition from those two games. And it showed. The first thing I noticed... When I when the inactives came out for this game was that Kevin King was inactive. I was going to text you that your buddy was not playing, and I don't know if it was because of injury or just because he sucks. Illness. Oh, illness. Oh, okay. Darn. I was. I was here. I was hoping that they realized something. <laughs> uh, I will say on the positive side, Jair Alexander, probably my favorite defensive player for Green Bay. Oh, monster. He's so good. Top five corner in the league easily but in terms of this our bfs at pff have to say about that i think they'd agree someone someone researched that uh but yeah in terms of the game it's a really fun one back and forth close game the whole time uh jimmy g looked pretty good he's been holding off trey lance so far and uh he looked fine here in this one too george kittle had a big game which kind of expected given the state of the packers linebacking core yeah it was fun rogers and the offense looked great. Their uh, their week one debacle against the Saints far firmly in the rearview mirror now. Uh, they put up thirty points in this one, and this was another game that came down to the end where San Francisco scored a touchdown to go ahead in the final minute. Uh, left too much time on the clock. They, they did. <laughs> they did. I think they were down. What was the score at that point? Twenty-one to subtract three. Hold on. 27? Yeah, there you go. Thanks. And, yeah, they score a touchdown, but they left 37 seconds on the clock. But still, even then, the Packers had no timeouts. All they had to do was not let Devontae Adams make a huge, a few huge plays and run up and spike it. But that's exactly what happened. And then Mason Crosby, you know, he's been so solid ever since that, that one random bad year he had. <laughs> he's He nailed the game winner. It's time expired. So... I feel like this one and the Justin Tucker incident are clear examples of how kickers get made fun of, but they're so critical still. Oh, yeah. Good point. Thanks for bringing that up. I totally forgot we had history made in the NFL this week. Well, that's in our other games category. I figured we'd yeah, pick a few to pick from from there, too. Yeah, I'm going to skip this one. Panthers beat the Texans and Ooh. Davis Mills first start for Houston. Uh, yeah, we can talk about Bears-Browns for just a second. <laughs> the, uh, oh, boy. Andy Dalton out with a knee injury. 
Justin Fields got the start, his first career start in the NFL. Yeah, and that it, it couldn't have gone much worse than it did. <laughs> yeah. There's only one stat I think that you really need to know that tells the whole story. He was sacked nine times <laughs> in this game, which is three more than the amount of passes he completed. Six completed passes, nine sacks. He, he didn't even do anything. This line had no game plan when it came to blocking. No, and, you know, I don't put that, I guess, completely on them, but given Miles Garrett and what a stud he is. He had, Garrett had four and a half sacks in this game. Jadevian Clowney had two. I believe that tied his career high. Yeah, probably. I, I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe it. That's crazy. Some guys don't have that in a season. <laughs> And Fields, the, the most surprising part to me is that, I mean, it was overall just shocking how bad it looked. But the most surprising part to me is that Fields didn't even do anything with his legs either. He had 12 rushing yards. The Bears had 47 yards of total offense. When you, when you subtract all the sack yardage, they had 47 positive net yards of offense. There you and, go. That's how you win games. And as bad as Fields looked, I think a lot of it has to come down to Matt Nagy, too, and game planning, because you know what this pass rush is going to do. You know what you're up against. But it didn't seem like they necessarily schemed to beat it, right? How do you, how do you beat a strong pass rush? Well, you got to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly, especially a rookie quarterback who doesn't have any experience going into something like this. But instead, it's, they tried to establish the run all game. Failed miserably. And then they just kept getting Fields stuck in third and long situations where they knew he had to pass, the defense did, and he had to take a deeper drop back than he would like to. And he just got buried because he had no time. Yeah, this was just a debacle on every level. Yeah, so we'll, we're going to see. But I also don't understand why Fields didn't use his legs. That's, yeah, that's the surprising part to me is that that was such a big like, part of his game I in college. I could put a lot of this, and, yes, on Maggie and the game planning but a smart quarterback knows how to run the football when things are not going well. Right. Especially when that's like a a key part of his skill set and what he brings to the table, but it didn't show at all. So for next week, they play the lions, much different competition. Uh, We'll see if Dalton is healthy. Otherwise that will be a nice chance for a, a rebound for Justin Fields. Absolutely, yeah. But but if Dalton is healthy, Fields didn't obviously didn't show anything here uh, to uh, to make the coaching staff stick being with him. Completely honest, I don't know if Dalton would have done any better. I just think that pass rush was more than that entire offensive line could handle. Yeah, that's definitely true. Because I've not liked the Bears' offensive line since the season started, and this just went ahead and proved it. But anyway, on the history. That's right. History was made in Detroit when the Ravens came to town. Uh, it was actually a really close game. <laughs> and the this was about an inch away from becoming a, a huge upset. The Lions were the Lions kept it close all game. The defense, I mean, we just talked about what an easier matchup it would be for Fields. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. <laughs> because the defense I don't know. held Baltimore's also banged up on offense too. Yes, so I don't know. This is true. Uh, but regardless, the Lions actually took the lead 17-16 to 16 on a field goal with a minute left in the game. Uh, but once again, they, like I, there was a minute left on the clock, and the Ravens 
honestly, they didn't get all that far because it was a 66-yard field goal attempt, which let me do some quick math here. I just have 66. to say, what a gutsy call by – To attempt the, the field goal? <laughs> yeah, by the head coach, yeah. uh, Harbaugh, to be like, we could either try a Hail Mary or we're going to give Tucker the opportunity to kick a 66-yarder, send him the kicker. Which means they were snapping it from it's essentially midfield, which is crazy to think about. And what's funny is when you hear about kickers, oh, they were drilling 66, 70-yard field goals in practice. Keep in mind, they have no pressure in their face. So, yeah, that's right. easy to kick it from that far. This was a 66-yard field goal with pressure in his face. Yeah, and it, it was the, the most dramatic possible field goal kick because – it, first of all, it hung up in the air for what felt like forever. And then it came down. You could see that it was accurate. It was between the goalposts. You just couldn't tell how far it was. It actually hits the crossbar, <laughs> things up in the air, and goes over and in for the win. <laughs> Wild. It was just crazy You know stuff. what's amazing? Do you know who set the previous 61-yard field goal? Uh, no. Who? Matt Prater. Oh, Cool. Yeah. Guess I mean, which guy's... stadium he did that in? Uh, was it this one? He was a Lions. He was a Lion for a long time. <laughs> That's correct. Wow. And speaking of Prater, he was involved in an interesting play as well, uh, which we'll get to in a second. So yeah, Ravens did pull out the win. Lions fall to zero and three. Although I will say they've been better than I would have expected. Improving. Sure. Yeah. They'll get a win. Maybe next week against the Bears. <laughs> Uh, okay this next game Buccaneers played the Rams in what could definitely be an NFC championship game preview a game between maybe two of the best let's say four teams in the league right now I'm gonna call it now you ready go ahead yes Rams are going to the Super Bowl again oh yeah I agree that was my preseason call and they've lived up to it that's okay I, I know you don't listen when I talk (laughs) <laughs> just like everyone else uh but yeah so this is a highly anticipated game on sunday afternoon but it really uh wasn't that close the rams sort of ran away with it they i think it was seven to seven to seven early on uh but then the rams defense really clamped down a little bit and uh the offense kept doing what they do like the, for the buccaneers defense as great as they were all last season, they've continued that in terms of the run defense. They're, I think they're the best run defense in the league. But the secondary has been really, really awful so far this year, and that continued. Another big day for Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. And, uh, yeah, this really wasn't all that close of a game. So a little bit disappointing from that sense. Uh, the final score was 34-24. to 24 in favor of the Rams, and they have, in my mind, solidified themselves as the best team in the NFC. Confirmed. Bills crushed Washington. Josh Allen's a monster. I don't know what happened to the Washington football team's defense. Yeah, their defense has uh, has definitely taken a massive step back, but I'm not panicking just yet. Week five I'll probably start if they don't get any <laughs> type of improvement. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, Cardinals beat the Jaguars. Not surprising, 31-19. The, the only thing I want to highlight in this game was Matt Prater, who you're just talking about, former Lion, established himself as a stud. So the Cardinals decided to let him attempt a 68-yard field goal in this game. 
And uh, so that would have set the record, of course, too. But it, his, his kick was How just a little bit. How amazing would it have been if, if Tucker set the record and 30 seconds later Prater breaks it? Beat it, yeah. <laughs> that would be pretty great. Uh, what happened here was pretty entertaining, too, though. <laughs> the kick didn't quite have the distance it needed. Jaguars had, had a guy back there just in case. Uh, and, and he caught it in the end zone, all the way at the Jamal back of the Agnew. end zone. That's right. Jamal Agnew, he caught it and returned it all the way 109 yards for a Jaguars touchdown. That's incredible. Uh, however, they still lost the game easily, and the Cardinals are undefeated. Titans beat the Colts 25-16. Carson Wentz played, even though he sprained both his ankles the previous week. But I don't know what still, the hell his problem is. <laughs> he's still terrible, though. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. Derrick Henry is a beast. Yes, a little bit is. of concern in the Titans receiving room, though, as uh, AJ Brown left this game with a hamstring injury, and uh, Julio Jones is banged up too. So they could possibly God, if only be without they kept Corey Davis. I know. Uh, Monday Night Football, last game of the week. Cowboys really just dismantled the Eagles, forty-one to twenty-one. And that's I like actually the way you phrase that. It's a lot closer than the game actually was. This game, you talk about garbage time at the end of a game, you know, when the outcome is decided. This game entered garbage time in like the third quarter. It was <laughs> that's how that's how badly the Cowboys. Do you hear beat that story? <laughs> yes, sorry. Hate to say it. <laughs> uh, and the Cowboys are in first place in the NFC East after three weeks. Shout out that Mike is Parsons it. is an incredible. Yeah. Micah Parsons and uh, Trayvon Diggs, who had a pick six in this game, he these guys are studs. And I think uh, one of the biggest surprises early this season is actually the Cowboys' defense. They've played really good football. They've gotten way better. And you made fun of me for mentioning Dan Quinn preseason. <laughs> Just I mean, it probably has more. Do- it has more to do with the talent coming in. I think Quinn has a lot to do with bringing in that talent. <laughs> Um, right. But yes, I mean I think they I'll spent every credit. single draft pick on the defensive side of the ball, and the young guys are it's stepping up. To think about, but yeah. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back with a week four preview. <laughs> and we're back. Two M Football Podcast, Mike and Matt here talking week four. That one. <laughs> talking week four. That was a good one. No, I like that because I said quick break and you sped up the music. Too bad I'm going to cut. Did that you hear what out. it was? Oh, was that the cantina? Oh, my yeah, God. It was. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Perfect. I was hoping you'd say that. All right. You <laughs> two definitely don't love each other. The Buccaneers and the Patriots. Oh, by the way, this, oh segment, brought, this segment brought to you by Mike's Watchability Index once again. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I feel like this week has to be headlined by the Buccaneers playing the Patriots. Brady versus Belichick, Sunday night football. Brady and Gronk facing their former team for the first time. Uh, there's, I feel like there's a lot of pride at stake here. All those at, Towards the end of the Brady, as the Brady as a Patriot era, the, there are all those reports coming out that Brady and Belichick both wanted to prove that they could have success without the other guy. <laughs> and uh-huh. uh, obviously Brady has done that, having won a Super Bowl his first year away. <laughs> and uh, the Patriots... Well, let's just say I think there's a still a big talent disparity between these two teams. 
The only thing that uh, the Patriots have going for them is that I don't think anybody knows Brady better than Belichick. He's supposed to be a defensive guru who, again, couldn't get Jameis Winston to turn the ball over. So I don't know how much stock to really put into that. Well, Uh, (laughs) I was reading, like, of course, this is blowing up all over social media. So I saw a lot of it that the frustration came in in 2017 between these two people because Brady was tired of Belichick treating him like he was a rookie. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that will work against Belichick. But I think the biggest difference is just straight up. The personnel is on two different levels. Right. I mean, the the strength of the Patriots is their defense. On on offensive, of course, they've obviously got the rookie Mac Jones under center, who's, you know, looked okay. Uh, But and despite all the free agent signings this offseason, they still don't have elite weapons for him to throw the ball to or hand it off to <laughs> and so it's uh, it's tough I, as exciting as all the storylines are heading into this I, I don't necessarily think it'll be that competitive a game <laughs> taking the no. mountaineers absolutely it, it's just you knew it was coming at some point it's just rebuild time in new england is what it is so yeah yep. we got to give the pats like, like three to five years to really rebuild what they once had well, Brady might still be in the league at that point, so then we can have another rematch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my next ranked, second-ranked game of the week, a game between undefeated division rivals, the Cardinals at Rams. Both teams are 3-0 and in the overloaded NFC West. And I think there, I think there are only five undefeated teams, if I have that right, and, and two of them are going head-to-head this week in the division. Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford. Uh, I can't, as much as I have a soft spot for the Cardinals, having hit them as my uh, playoff sleeper last year, I'm still taking the Rams. I just don't think the Rams can be beat right now. I think Stafford was the missing piece that they needed for that offense, and it has proven itself for three weeks in a row. Yeah. All right, Mike. I approve of this one. This one shot up the rankings after the Raiders uh, <laughs> another overtime win for them Raiders three and O at the two and one chargers on Monday night football. And yeah, my only note for this game is, is this game is going to rule. <laughs> I'm so excited about this one. The, the chargers have looked pretty impressive. I think through three games and at least on paper, I think they look like a more complete team than the Raiders just thanks to having a, a better defense but there's just something about Gruden and the Raiders. They <laughs> the just, Raiders they're... are scrappy. Like that's just the best way to describe this team. It's just straight up scrappy. Yeah. Uh, however, I have to go with my head here and, and take the Chargers. Oh, I can't believe <laughs> lightning does not strike twice, and the Chargers go down. Raiders four and zero. Lightning only has to strike once to to take down the, uh, the pirate ship of the Raiders. Leave the analogies to me. You right, speak, you, you deal with you deal with statistics. <laughs> okay, Seahawks at 49ers. Uh, Seahawks a little bit surprising. Actually, yeah, they're another surprising bottom of their division team right now at one and two. Travel to take on their division rival, the 49ers, who are at two and one off the heels of their first loss. And uh, this could really go either way in my mind, but I think I don't see the Seahawks fall into one and three. I, I think they get the win and even things up. 
I thought I was going to have you on that one. Oh, man. I took the Seahawks, too. (laughs) I thought you were going to go with your beloved 49ers. I can't can't do it. I'm not confident in uh, really either side of the ball right now. 49ers hung their hat on their defense last year. But, uh, I mean, maybe it's just the Aaron Rodgers effect, but Russell Wilson is no slouch either. So I, I think they get it done. Steelers at Packers. This is a game that looked interesting on paper before the season started. I, I, I rank this one lower. Yeah, you're probably right. Wrote up all these notes about the last time these guys faced in the Super Bowl back in 2011. And it was Rodgers against Big Ben. And just so really quick. Uh, there were only, That was 10 years ago. I guess it's a long time. There are only three players from that game besides the quarterbacks that are still in the league. Mm-hmm. Two of them are receivers, formerly okay. of of the Steelers. Antonio Brown and Emmanuel Sanders were both were both rookies in that game, that Super Bowl in 2011. Wow! And uh, they did nothing in this game. They combined for three catches. And then the other one is Mason Crosby, who oh, our boy. He's been around quite a while, so just thought that was kind of fun. And in the present, though, yeah, like we talked about, the Steelers are off to a terrible start especially on offense and uh the Packers seem to have have it together again after that weird week one game where they just got blown out by the Saints so I'm taking Green Bay uh yeah that goes without saying okay Chiefs at Eagles all right we're not going to get into this Eagles suck Chiefs are going to bounce back yes agreed uh this one's kind of interesting Panthers at Cowboys Panthers I feel like the... it's interesting because the Panthers' defense is way better than anyone anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> and they're one of the other biggest surprises of the season. They're 3-0. and I, uh, Sam Darnold, out of the shadow of Adam Gase, is looking pretty good at quarterback for them. Right? I'm telling you, it's proof. <laughs> it, it is. It is. There are too many examples of this happening for it not to be a, a real thing. However, I can't go against the Cowboys here. The defense looks really impressive. Dak hasn't missed a step since uh, coming back off the injury. I'm taking the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys winning as well. Ravens at Broncos. This is a tricky one. Uh, like My Broncos are Broncos. I Three feel and like this should swap with the Chiefs-Eagles spot. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like I said from the beginning, you're free to uh, – Disagree with the watchability index. (laughs) (laughs) I have no problem this one. Now I have a lot of problems. Broncos undefeated, but they haven't really played anyone good yet. And the Ravens are coming off, well, a very impressive win over Kansas City. A less impressive win over Detroit, but a win nonetheless. And they're getting a little bit healthier. I think uh, Rashad Bateman, their first-round pick this year, is coming off IR along with – Miles Boykin, another one of their receiving weapons. So they're getting a little bit healthier on offense. Uh, I'm I'm actually going with the Ravens here. Nope, I got Denver all the way. I don't see the Ravens' position right now being able to match what these what this Denver defense has in store. Maybe I hope you're right. Sixty-eight uh, percent of the... people agree with you. I only have thirty-two percent on my side. 
I mean, this is a good measuring stick game for the Broncos. They win this, then I think they are proving themselves to be more legit than not. But this is their first real test, and uh, I think it'll be an interesting game. Browns at Vikings. Uh, let's see. L- last week was actually the Vikings' first win of the season. I was surprised to see that over Seattle. Um, and the Browns have sort of cruised through their last couple of games against Houston and Chicago after they lost a close one to the Chiefs in week one. Delvin Cook's status is up in the air once again, but as we saw, they don't necessarily need him to look to be very effective. Right. And the Browns are without Jarvis Landry, but Odell Beckham came back last week and actually looked really good. And their, you know, their identity is the ground game anyway. I have... Oh, this can't be right. No, it's right. I have the Vikings written down. I think you're an idiot. That's all. <laughs> Let me rethink that one. Nope. Got it's, the, on, got, it's public. It's public. You got Cleveland. Okay, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with the Vikings. That's fine. I got the Browns. Okay. Lions at Bears. Uh, Lions winless so far. Bears one and two. I almost feel like this one may be. I don't know where I'd put it. I'd put it a little higher only because this is a chance for both these teams to score not an impressive win, but, but a moralic win. Sure. I mean, the Lions have came out every week and played their heart out. We talked about, I mean, we sort of joked about Dan Campbell, the motivator. That was really all that we knew about him was yeah, motivational speeches. The coffee. I get, yeah, right. That too. Well, actually, that I that I respect. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whatever he's doing, something's working because the Lions are coming out and competing every week. So you can't take them for granted. Yeah, their record doesn't give them due diligence. For sure. And I actually think that changes this week. I'm, I'm picking the Lions to win this game. The Bears are a disaster. <laughs> I, you know me, I have to have gamble picks every week, yep. um, which have paid off in spades a couple of times. Um, but I have, I have the Bears winning. And this, let me ask you then: Does, does your so who is the quarterback in your mind that gives, or or do you pick them either way, Dalton or Fields? I pick them either way. Okay. Even if Nick Foles starts. <laughs> What if they trade for Trubisky and he starts? <laughs> uh, then I think I immediately shoot up. <laughs> Wait, would you say you immediately shoot up? <laughs> yep. Okay. All right, I'm going to leave that one alone. Uh, Giants at Saints. Uh, Giants are 0-3. Like we talked about, they, they lost a few receivers in last week's game. Offensive line is terrible. Defense is iffy. Saints are two and one, looking pretty good. Actually, no, they're they're going back and forth between looking great and looking terrible. Week one, obviously. Did great. you see their quarterback? Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> I guess it does. Uh, so usually he would do both within the same game, though. I guess now he's evolved in the oh. sense that now he'll have a whole great week and then a terrible week. <laughs> and if you just look at that pattern, this would be a bad week. But given they're playing the Giants, I'm picking the Saints. Yeah. Titans of Jets. Okay, this this is this is like, I don't know, this is another no-brainer in my book. It is. It is a no-brainer. That's perfect. Uh, because... And I'm really hoping that your second stat line is true. 
I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. I'm trying to reverse jinx it for myself. <laughs> Let's put it this way. Derrick Henry's definitely not going to tear his ACL running out of the tunnel onto the field. I don't appreciate what you're insinuating. There's no way that happens. That would be crazy. Anyway, Titans are winning this game, despite the fact that they might not have any receivers. Oh, did you hear the news? Both Jimmy G and Trey Lawrence are down with year-long injuries. Fine, I don't need them. Carr and Darnold are my boys. Oh, that's right. Ooh, oh, so Derek Carr <laughs> goes down with a shoulder injury. Oh, but then your Raiders. You would do that to your Raiders just to spite me? I would, yes. <laughs> I am not surprised in the least. Okay. <laughs> Jaguars at Bengals, the Thursday night game. That'll be today's game as you're listening to this on Thursday. Jaguars are 0-3 and have looked completely terrible. Bengals at 2-1 and have looked uh, pretty competent. It's a perfect Thursday night matchup. It's going to be an ugly game between uh, a mediocre team and a terrible team. And a fun fact on the Jaguars, since winning in week one last year, they have lost 17 in a row. Yeah, <laughs> nailing it. And that continues in, in uh, this game uh, tonight. I'm taking the Bengals and they're my eliminator pick. Bengals as well. Oh, eliminator pick. Oh, uh, that was the Cardinals, I think. Over the Rams? I don't think so. No, that would be very bold. <laughs> that was not it. I am looking while you're talking about the next game because I'm not that okay. dumb. I made a good choice. All right. Colts, Dolphins, uh, taking the Bengals. Colts, Dolphins, Washington. you're taking the Bengals? Is that what I just said? <laughs> that is literally what you just said. Taking the Dolphins. Uh, hold on. I'm looking. Uh, I have the Colts. You have the Colts. Okay. Uh it's Carson Wentz versus Jacoby Brissett, the highly anticipated QB matchup. Uh, I think uh, Colts are one of the biggest surprises in a negative sense this year, starting 0-3. I would not have predicted that. Not with the way they were last year, but Frank right. Wright will write that ship eventually. Eventually. I just don't take... know if it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, and then as for the Dolphins, their defense seems to have taken a step back from last year. They're starting to get guys healthy in, in their offense and their wide it receiving core. It looked good week one, and then all of a sudden, the past couple of weeks, it wasn't what it was last year. But I think Brian Flores will get that reworked. Yeah, I don't feel confident in this one. I have the Dolphins written down, so I guess I'll stick with that. And, Falcons uh, at Washington at Falcons. Yeah. I'm taking my Falcons. It's kind of a toughie given how, how bad Washington's looked out of the gate, but I'm picking them to bounce back a little bit and get a win here. I'm taking the football team out of Washington. <laughs> nice. Last game of the week, Texans at Bills. Once again, the Texans occupying the least watchable game of the week, and I'm taking the Bills to absolutely crush them. You got it. All right, short break, and we'll be back for the Fantasy Corner. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. All right, quickly to FanDuel. I finally get on the board. I cut Matt's lead in half. (laughs) You're now up two to one. And I just want to thank Matt Stafford, Mike Williams, who I picked because I knew he'd have a big game given I was against him in our season-long league. And that, that strategy proved effective. (laughs) <laughs> so you're just going to start picking players you face? I think I'm going to pick your entire team, or at least as many as I can afford, yeah. But more importantly, we should talk about season long really quick. 
You are now the only undefeated team in our season-long league. This is the second year I've gone. I've started out four and zero. No, well, you're three and zero right now. You're going to be three and one after we play this week. <laughs> uh, it's four and zero, like I said. And really, yeah. So just on that note, we had to do something fun last year. We did the Jello bets, but that was too much work. It took like twenty four hours in the fridge for that thing to <laughs> solidify and. <laughs> wasn't worth the payout for a 30 second video of me slamming my face into it. So we're doing something a little more fun this week. Um, this year for 2021, I think we should do this for all of our bets this season. We're going to do karaoke bets. I love it. the, The loser. So for this week, the song in question is Barbie girl and shout out to Alex for the recommendation. The loser of our head to head matchup will sing 45 seconds of Barbie Girl Karaoke on next week's show. And uh, we got to get out of here. We're just about out of time. So I'll skip all my lineup considerations. I know you weren't going to help me anyway. Nope. Uh, Good luck, I guess. I hope it's competitive at least. I'll say that. And uh, look forward to one of us, one of our beautiful voices, singing voices, gracing the show next week. Just make note, my voice is already singing on the podcast every week. Is it singing or is it just talking with music in the background? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just semantics at that point. You could argue that it's singing. (laughs) And that's all we got for today. Next time we'll be back right here with the week four recap. Uh, We're going to bring back our contender or pretender segment. Yes. With uh, the first, well, I guess with 17 games this year, four games is slightly less than a quarter of the season, but whatever. It's close enough. And uh, we'll have our week five preview, of course. And then... Matt, let's you and I start warming up those vocal cords. Everybody prepare your ears because one of us will be singing. And on, <laughs> on, that, on that note, enjoy week four, and we'll see you next time. See everybody next week. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.